This is the non-microwave truth. And it's me, C.L. Whiteside. If this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast that is geared towards challenging our culture's truth and perspective. And we're not going to speed up the process. We're going to break it down. We're going to give you the non-microwave truth here today. Let's get into our first world problem. Kanye West, yay, whatever you want to call him, has been in the news for making some racist comments against the Jewish community. He got dropped by Adidas, Gap, Balenciaga, I said that right, and Vogue. All of them cut ties. He said he lost two billion, two billion in a day, two billion. Ooh, I'm hurt if I lose 200. He lost two billion in a day, though. And like I said, all of these companies cut ties with him, cut their contract, cut their deal. I don't know how they got out of it, got out of it, but they got out of it. And my question for you today, our first world problem question is how much should you or I cut ties? Like, am I wrong for listening to College Dropout or Jesus is King or Donda? Like, am I wrong for that? Like, I wouldn't schedule someone like that to come talk to some kids with impressionable minds or something like that. But those some good CDs. And he has some godly messages in some of those songs. But the messages he's been saying lately, they are off the wall, off the charts. The anti-Semitic comments it definitely got him in some hot, hot water. And then I started thinking about, like, if I worked at the school that he founded, the reports say he founded a Christian school in California. Now, the school closed. And at first, I'm like, why would the school close, even though I understand the founder is saying some off the wall or crazy stuff? But then I realized that the teachers quit. And I'm like, man, would I quit? Would I quit? Would I quit if I found out the founders of the school I work at were racist? Like, I just don't I don't see it, honestly. Like, I don't picture myself quitting. Now, it's definitely different because the school uh, of Kanye or Ye is a super young school. It's only in the second year of its existence. But they like, nope, peace out. School is over. We done. I just couldn't imagine doing it. I guess I'm in a different situation because my school has been around for decades, a hundred plus years. But in my head, I'm like, the founder doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, I don't know. I do not know. What do you think, though? Like in your mind, in your head, can you separate the two? Can you separate the old Kanye with dope messages, godly messages, fire music versus the one now? who's consistently saying messages, I'm not going to say they're good or bad, messages that are getting a lot of attention, causing a lot of heat, causing a lot of drama, causing a lot of people up in arms. So again, the question is, how much should you or I cut ties with someone like that? I need to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. How much are you cutting ties? And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is, Can You See God in Me? Can you see God in me? Like when people look at you, can they see God inside of you? And I just started thinking about this because I come in contact with a good amount of people who distrust the Bible. Like tons of misconceptions. They really haven't read the book in years. And I was thinking, 
what if they don't read the Bible or they don't let a pastor teach them and, and preach to them? Then you know what? I'm it. That, that, that's it. I'm the only Bible that they're going to actually be able to read or see. And just thinking about that, this is how this question came to me, because I started thinking the people who mistrust the Bible and they look at my life, do they see Jesus inside of me? Or does anyone I come in contact with, do, do they see Jesus in me? And just thinking about that for yourself personally, if someone spent a day with you, would they leave thinking like, yeah, they, they're definitely a Christian. They are definitely different. They are not like the average person in this world. And on this episode of Can You See God in Me? Think about it. Think about the people that you work with. Think about the people that you associate with. Think about the people that you see at the grocery store. Think about the people that view and check out your stuff on social media. Do they know you're a Christian? Can they see God inside you? Like if someone knew God, they knew the attributes of God and they were describing you to another person. Could they be like, "Ooh, he act just like his daddy. He act just like a daddy. He walk like him. He talk like him. And another person might be like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Ooh, if you saw him, you know, because he acts so much like his daddy. He acts so much like his heavenly father. I'm telling you, walk like him, talk like him, everything. Would that be you? So on this episode of Can You See God in Me, we're going to talk about five different ways that people see God in you. And the first one is when people see that you are obedient to God's word and you're obedient to God's will. That lets them know that you're a Christian. That lets them know that biblical principles are inside of you. And you know what's very interesting is even people that don't read the Bible or know every passage and can quote scripture left and right. Plenty of people have a gist of what the Bible says. Like they can easily call you out. You call yourself a Christian and you did this. You call yourself a Christian and I know you're not supposed to do that. But obedience, obedience is something that really catches people's eye. And just getting at that fact of our being obedient to God's will. And the will of God is explained to us in John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And I got to point out just before this. Jesus was washing stanky Peter's feet. You talk about love right there. And this is tough, though. But when you look at that passage, it talks about loving as I have loved you. That's Christ talking. And if you think about how he loved us, oh, he just died for us, suffered hell, paid the whole debt. Yep, he loves us. And man, how, how many times do you or I, we catch ourselves saying, like, you know, why do I need to be the first person to reach out? Why do I need to be the first person to say sorry? Or why do I always have to be the one that's the bigger person? You're pretty much asking and saying, why do I need to be more like Christ? But that's literally what God tells us to do. That's literally how we show love in a lot of circumstances. Now, the second way, the second way that people see God inside of us is based off of the things that come out of our mouth, the things that we we say. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And as I was scripting this podcast, 
I thought about I just met one of my homies girlfriends and I was like, I definitely said a couple of light cuss words in our conversation. You're like, what do you mean by light cuss words? So like no F-bombs or like super obscene things, but definitely some cuss words, some things I wouldn't say around some kids. So I'm just like, what does that say? What does that make a person think that does not know me? Can they see God in me despite some of my foul language? And then I saw the passage Ephesians from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. It says, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And with this, I thought about like two different categories or, or types of jokes. And you definitely can disagree with me and say, neither one of them should be a, a joke in place or joke in matters. But like, I just think about how if you get around a certain group of men and a beautiful woman walks past, the chances of another man saying like, hey, bro, would you hit are decently high. And if another man responds with, listen, I'm telling you right now, I would tear that up. That's like the bad category of jokes that I'm, I'm talking about. The bad banter that I'm talking about going back and forth. But then I was like, is this a good category of joking? Let's say I'm, I'm with some friends and they're like, hey, what you doing tonight? And like, you want to come out? Nope, I can't come out because I'm about to go home and I'm about to put it on my wife tonight. I was thinking like good category of joke because one is between a husband and a wife. And two, sex isn't bad. We just have made it really, really bad in our culture. And three is actually portraying marriage in like a positive, exciting way. Because how many people portray marriage in a horrible, dreading somber, I hate my life type of way. Now, that's not necessarily biblical. That's just me thinking out loud and kind of wondering, like, what do you think about that? But then another category of joke I think that we kind of overlook is, and it's things we might do is we flip off our friends just playing around, but people probably can see that. Or when we drop F-bombs, I just think the goal should be to not offend people on purpose and more importantly, don't offend God or make God look bad in that type of way. And yeah, truly what you say matters. Like how often do you complain? How often are you negative? And what really trips me out is how often do we complain or grumble about something that God has given us control over? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Bro, you should have went to bed. You didn't have to go to bed at 3 a.m. You could have went to bed at 9. You were sitting up there watching Netflix. Come on, man. And on this episode of can you see God in me? That leads us to our next passage of 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Like, how do you take hardships? How do you take it when things don't go your way? Do you display that crazy type of hope? Do you maintain a positive mindset? When stuff hits the fan, are you cooler than the other side of the pillow? Or are you the type that's constantly overwhelmed, constantly stressed. Dude, I'm so stressed. I just need to smoke a blunt and I think everything will be all right. Like people definitely watch and see when stuff doesn't go our way. Do you turn to that loud or do you turn to Christ? Do you turn to that bottle or do you turn to the word? And I always think about Paul and Silas experiencing hardships. And how they responded when things weren't going their way. 
thrown into prison, in prison. That ain't a cool place to be. Acts 16 verse 25 tells us, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So just imagine that you are a fellow prisoner. What would you be thinking about Paul and Silas? You would have to think that they're crazy. You, like, what would you be thinking about them if you hear them singing hymns to God? And this is where I'm talking about that crazy type of hope that they obviously had. Now on to the fourth point. How you take compliments and how you take good news is definitely a way for people to see God inside of you. The school that you wanted to get into, the program that you wanted to get into, the job that you wanted, the promotion that you got. And someone comes to you and says, congratulations. Do you praise God in those situations? Do you give God the credit? Do you just bring up God in your everyday conversations? Like, is every day a good day to you? How you doing today, brother? Oh, I'm great. Blessed by the best, feeling no stress, ready to pass this test, baby, baby. Do you jump on those opportunities when people want to tell you how good you are or how great something is or something that you're a part of, how awesome it is? Do you jump on those opportunities to tell people about Jesus and tell people about what Christ has done for you? Tell people what Christ has done for them. Do you give God the glory as much as you possibly can? Can you see God in me? Our fifth point. This goes and ties in well with the first point which is to be obedient to God's word and be obedient to his will. I'll sum it up as in do what the Bible says. Now, this fifth point is getting at that, what I mentioned in the first point about loving each other or loving one another. And this fifth point is how do you treat others? And I think about this. When you treat others a certain way, you show what and how you worship. You show if you're worshiping God or if you're worshiping yourself. And how we treat them is key. Matthew 5 verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Shining, like what, what does shining look like? Shining can look like a lot of different ways, especially in, in our world and in our culture. And if you let the world tell you what it means to shine, it means to be glamorous and to have a lot of status and to have a lot of prestige. But with Christ, that light shining looks a lot different. It's about lighting the path for other people because this is a dark, dark world. That's a little analogy metaphor for you. Just think about that real quick. And you better believe we are going to have plenty of opportunities to let our light shine. And I think about Jesus telling the parable of the sheep and the goats. And he talks about in Matthew 25, verse 35, he says, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. God is going to give us some opportunities to bless others. And if you're anything like me, if you don't have the right mindset, you start looking at it as a burden. 
But this passage just reminds me like this is a form of worship. This is a form of, of service to God. This is how people see God inside of me. And just to go along with how we treat people, you got to give godly advice. Like not what you would do, not the old crazy you would do, not the future tough man or woman a version of you thinks you would do. But what is godly advice? What does God's word tell you to do? And I guess I should include telling your story or telling your testimony. But if you're telling your testimony, it's a godly testimony where you're tying things back to God. Like you're not just going to share a sin and leave it at that or make it seem cool. Like, girl, I was out here. We used to be partying. I used to be lit. We used to be popping pills. It was so much fun. No, no, you're bringing it back to God. And you're talking about how it would have been better doing it God's way, period. And I think this is a really, 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 really big one. People share things with you. When you have conversations, you can definitely see at times that people are going through things. You can have people that, that want to vent. They want to... They want to get counsel. They want to get advice. Offering to pray for them when they hit you up. Offering to pray with them or asking them, how could I pray for you? So think about it. Can people see God in you? How will people know that you're a Christian? How can the Holy Spirit create a curiosity in someone else to be like, man, I got to be like them. I want to get like them. I want to stop being a slave to sin in this world. It's a lot of false disciples out of here. And we know who the true disciples are. We know who the true followers of Christ are. We recognize them by their fruits. That's the deeds they do. And God tells us just because they say, Lord, Lord, that don't mean they're necessarily going to be entering the kingdom of heaven. It's the ones who do the will of the Father. So the things you say, the things you do, the way you move, how you move, how you respond, who you give credit to, who or what you praise and worship. What you give your attention to, how you love, that's how people will see God in you. And I encourage all my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, let people see Jesus in you. If you were a book and someone got to read just a few pages, would they match the pages that are in the Bible? The good book. And this is the non-microwave truth. Can you see God in me? Thanks for joining me on this episode today. And thank you, thank you, thank you very much to the people that have hit the five star, written a review, shared the podcast. Love you. Love you, love you, love you. Peace, punch, Captain Crunch, and no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.